that aren't watching Fox News, and I think the wall should be awesome. The wall should be huge. Like, giant. And a tourist attraction. Right? And it should be big, high-speed rail. There should be fucking trains on it, roller coasters, doing loop-de-loops and shit, giant hotels. And, and solar panels. Trump's like, we should have solar panels on the wall. People are like, that's a bad idea. How? They're like, oh yeah, that's not a fucking bad idea. I guess he's right. I want some of those wind turbines too, but really fast, really fucking fast. So that when people are trying to sneak in, it's like the most important game of double dutch they've ever done. Hey everybody, welcome to the Loftus Party. We've got a great one for you today. We've got a, uh, a hurricane-sized show. <laughs> I don't know. That's hey, stupid. record-breaking hurricane-sized show. Record-breaking hurricane. That is the Liberty Gimlet over there. Oh you're my down God. south. You're oh. you're battening down the hatches, right? When when you're when are you going to get the hurricane? Um, last I saw, sometime early tomorrow. We're already starting with some pretty like interesting breezes and things like that but we're not supposed to get it too bad my problem is is trees so yeah yeah yeah. you don't want those suckers blowing over and all that good stuff but yeah that's rarely do you hear a hurricane described that way we're getting some interesting breezes (laughs) (laughs) well that's because it's not here yet so it's like it like has this weird wind that like is sustained for a minute and then it just stops and then it, five minutes later it goes again and then it just stops it's just weird well hopefully yeah hopefully you'll get some more interesting movement later on joining us from the uh east coast bunker uh ryan gerdusky ryan what's going on how are you i'm great that's good things are good well, at least we're not in the south that's right <laughs> we're not I'm, I'm not in miami i'm not i'm not in the in the path of irma yeah will we feel like we're gonna jose probably like a week and a half i'll take yeah. it a category four you'll take it <laughs> okay <laughs> so right out of the gate i want to plug uh the website yeah, I have a new website coming out called DailyGunStory.com. Check it out. It is a daily blog of um, people who protect themselves, their properties, and their loved ones by owning a firearm. And these stories are usually underrepresented in the media, but they're very important because we do need constant reminders that owning a firearm is important. It, it does. It's the first line of defense, um, and um, it's it's a great website. So check it out. Did you hear about that Taco Bell in Cleveland? I did. That's the best. That's the best. Absolutely. Some guy tries to rob a Taco Bell in Cleveland. Three employees have guns. At work? Right? Yeah. Yeah. At and work. they wow. had them at work. And yeah. this dude, <laughs> he picked the wrong Taco Bell to rob. Yeah. All the places you think, I like this. Okay. Listen, McDonald's might get you a little rough, but Taco Bell will be fine. Oh, yeah. Taco Bell. Were these Taco guys, were they wearing their guns at Taco Bell? Did they have them on them. I don't know if they were wearing them like on them while they're serving yeah. cash, like filling up the taco and there's a firearm on the side of them. But they, uh, yeah, three three Taco Bell employees. That's fantastic. Did you hear about the two idiots that walked in and tried to rob a bar that was having a cop's retirement party? You, you know what? I, I didn't I, know if that was a new one. I did hear that story, yeah. Yes, no, that was that was great. We had video of one of those. On World's Dumbest, when I would do that show, uh, World's Dumbest for True TV, mm-hmm. and these two guys came in, and it, like some cop was retiring, the the entire bar is just giant off-duty uh, yeah. police officers, 
These and they guys, all carry their guns. Oh, it was the best. It was <laughs> the best. It was the best. Yeah. My dad is a retired cop, always carries his gun on him. And one day, I think he forgot his holster, so he just he decided he's going to put his gun in his underwear. Because, like you do. Because why not? He's at a restaurant, falls right out on like this old lady's foot, and she goes, well, that's something you don't see every day. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was like oh, God. Dad. Sammy Davis Jr. used to carry a gun. In his underwear? Uh, no, he would, he would actually put it in his sock, I guess. Uh, Brad Garrett, a uh, buddy of mine. I'm guessing the side of, like, the uh, like the leg that doesn't have the glass eye, like the other one, so he can find it pretty easily. <laughs> like Brad Garrett from Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, and he has a comedy club that I work in Vegas. He tells a story when he was opening up for uh, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. They're on this bus. They're in the South. The air conditioning is out on the bus, and it's just, just so hot. They're just sweating balls. And, um, and Sammy, at this point, had given up uh, booze and, and everything. So he was on the decline. <laughs> he was addicted. He was addicted to cooking. Like oh. his, his addiction just – so he's cooking up all this super spicy, like, you know, jambalaya crap. So everybody's sweating. They're eating the spicy food. Sammy's got a gun in his sock. His bodyguard has a gun in his sock. Everybody's sweating so bad the guns keep fu- sl- slipping out and spilling out onto the floor. They pull over, uh, and it's Sunday in the South, and it's a, at a gas station. The gas station's closed, and they, they're just, like, dying of thirst because he can Sammy spicy stuff and not getting shot by bullets that are slipping out due to sweat. And, and uh, uh, Brad Garrett uh, is like, oh, Sammy, you've been great to me. You've been doing all the cooking. Let me, let me get the sodas. I'll get us something to drink. And Sammy's like, that's cool, man. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> so, uh, so Brad goes up to, like, a soda machine. And it takes dollars, and all he has is uh, a twenty. And uh, he goes to Sammy. He goes. He goes. Uh, hey Sam, you, do you have a you have you have change for a twenty so I can buy? And Sam, and Sammy Davis Jr. starts laughing. He goes, Hey man, a twenty is change. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. That's the Sammy Davis Jr. That's actually it's so much funnier when Brad tells it. But that's uh, that's pretty good. So he did a good job. He, I, he, you know what? Proud. I do the silly voices. <laughs> He'd be I do proud. the silly voices. I tell the, the stories in a in a comedic style. So congrats on DailyGunsStory.com. I'm sure you'll be seeing uh, Dana Lash soon. Hopefully not, but we'll see. Really? Uh, whatever. I like her. She called me the right wing gawker, and uh, she so? has this guy who works for her, and he has got like uh, who is that? Who has his Arsenio Hall? He has Arsenio Hall haircut. And he told me, he goes, he goes, uh, you're not really funny. And I said, oh, so is, I, he goes, you're not really funny. How's that comedy career go work? And I said, a lot better than that Arsenio Hall haircut. And he, <laughs> like, lo- it was on Twitter. That's he, great. He had a breakdown. And Dana like goes, that's racist. I'm like, no, it's what? not, Dana. You don't know what the word racism is. And you're not, I guess, bright enough to know what racism is. And so. Oh, now. Oh, I will, wow. I will defend I will defend uh, Dana Lash's honor on the show. Okay, well, it's good for you. Uh, she's she's fine. I like her. What's not and you have like? a right to? I do. You it's have a America, right to like her. Darling. It's America. Well, that sucks. That you've got you've got a you got a, a website about guns and how they're awesome and like she's the spokesman of the NRA. You got to mend that. NRA. You got to mend that fence. Yeah, but the NRA. When they write me a check, I'll sit there and kiss her ass. Until oh. then, I'll sit there and say exactly how I feel. Oh no, you got to reach out. Reach out to Dana. Do you have her phone number? No. 
Oh, darn it. Do you have an email? <laughs> Here's what I'm looking for. I want to reach out. I, <laughs> I could get her phone number very easily. I yes. don't care. Please do. For you, I'll send it to you. All right, fantastic. I don't, I, generally, people who I don't like, I'm very open about saying, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan. And I'll just tell it to their face. I like Dana. Although, you know what? I, I, if I were her manager, if I were her agent. So her husband. Okay. I would, I would like. Who's unemployed? Go ahead. Well, he's got. A, it's a full time job. She's yeah, got a lot going on. Okay, she's got go. a lot going on. I'd go a little bit softer with her. I'd go a little bit, just a little softer. Like when she did, when she did the NRA thing, it was all very hardcore and serious. Well, maybe the director said I would go. Yeah, but I'd go. Let's do another take. Let's have a little bit more fun with this one. But who sat there and said that clench? Do you need a gun? Who honestly thought that the word clench fist, people would not think that that was fisting. Like clench fist fist of of justice. What? Who thought that that would be the illusion of the socialist? Isn't that a throwback to they'll have to pull it out of my cold dead No, it was a throwback to like socialists like having a clench fist. Oh. So she says a clench fist of justice or whatever. I just, it's a very, very obscure reference that I think that they thought a lot of people would I wouldn't have done it. Just as a as a writer, yeah, for it was television, my favorite line. clenched fist. It's just hard to say. Right, God love her for being able to say the clenched fist of justice, like the clenched fist of justice, the clenched fist of, like you could get pulled over for drunk driving, and there'd be something the cop would ask you to say. <laughs> <laughs> the clenched fist of justice. Okay, you're hammered. You're going clenched fist of justice. That is true. Clenched fist of justice. <laughs> so, um, so Irma is a big storm. And I'm tell you, here's what I'm predicting. And I think it might have already happened. But you're going to have Florida these heart no. No, Florida's going to be fine. I don't I don't think the I don't think it's going to be that bad. I really don't. Mm-hmm. That's just my gut. It's not based in science. It's not based on <laughs> anything. <laughs> just but I instinct. think you're going to have people from Texas who have lost everything, but they still have a boat and they're going to drive it uh, to Florida to help out. And that's going to be the big story. That's going to be the big Texans have a Florida. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is something which is totally American, and I, I'm not looking down my nose at that at all. But I guarantee that'll happen. Like yeah. they lost everything; all they have is a motorcycle and a boat. So they hook the boat up to the motorcycle. And they <laughs> <laughs> it's the pets that kills me. These people like leave like, their pets. How, how can you do no, that? No, no. Did you see Florida? Florida Governor Scott? He said hotels have to take pets. In the state of Florida, they are not allowed to turn down evacuees with pets. They have to take them. I mean, no, who doesn't are that you, sound like Lena the, Dunham, that's sit there and give away your pets so easily? Doesn't that sound like the beginning of, like, a Disney movie? Yeah. It's like <laughs> Hotel Pet. It's like, <laughs> I don't like dogs, but there's a hurricane, Mr. Dudley. Yeah. And like, Starring Mark Wahlberg in 10 years <laughs> when his career's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, it's, and then it's, it's, like, just a hotel full of dog. Hotel dog! Mark Wahlberg. He had a... He had a, like, Six, Family movie, sixty-eight million dollars. Oh, he's not hurting year. now. He's doing great. Yeah, but no, he, didn't he have like a Pets family movie come out recently? I don't That's know. That's why my maybe I, maybe it's a different. He actor. did uh, Transformers. No, unfortunately, but yeah. uh, that was a lot of Chinese money going to that movie. Absolutely. Um, no, no, but does he? Either him or some other like big actor did this like, odd family movie that didn't make make any money. I was like. They're better than that. It, it happens all the time. Uh, Matt Damon did So We Bought That was a, it. Matt Damon made a movie. A we Bought a Zoo. But that, that was, was also Sorry, not, not Mark Wahlberg. Matt Damon. I we think So We Bought a Zoo was by the same guy. Uh, he's the old Rolling Stone writer. And so I can see why 
you would do it. Like, oh, I'll give it a try. Ooh, I'm at the dailygunstory.com looking on my phone. Looks nice. 60-year-old Omaha man critically injures intruder. So it's an upbeat. It's a fun song. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does. It is a positive story about all these people who, like, you know, they would be robbed, mugged, killed if they didn't own a firearm. I mean, those stories happen every day. And and the media underrepresents those stories. And then when, um, you know, politicians, usually liberal politicians, say we need to go after people's guns. They don't have a natural defense. It's hard to remember a story, for a remote story from like a year ago when people like a yes. gun, owning a gun was really important. You need so you need anecdotal, daily, you fun need daily reminders. Cameron Crowe, Cameron Cameron Crowe Crow wrote "So We Bought a Zoo," and that's why Matt Damon did that movie. Oh, okay. But anyway, but that's what I'm trying to do with um, the flip side, and that's what I'm trying to do with uh, theloftestparty.com. Is like like what you're doing with. Um, uh, daily gun story. It's like, okay, here's this, here's good things that happen. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, no disrespect with blah, blah, blah. But like, that's what I'm trying to do with the loftiest party on the flip side. Okay. Here's somebody who's just having fun, just having a good time, you know, doesn't have any weird, uh, there, there's no weirdness. There's no, nobody's getting hit over the head with a Bible. So, because you know, flying Bibles are a real problem in our society. So, <laughs> watch out, everybody! Right? Like, anvils and Bibles are flying in the sky. Well, I was thinking about this the other day, and and just you know, you try to deconstruct everything, and hindsight is twenty twenty. But I would say that, like, in the eighties, Ronald Reagan, with the help of like conservative Christians Jerry and Falwell, that, whole, that yeah. whole crew. Yeah. It kind of changed the dynamic, and I think we're just now starting to come out of that. Well, you have to remember it was a different time for a lot of reasons. You uh, at the um, the beginning of the '80s was the evangelical right, but it was because the evangelical right was a reaction to the the later '70s. It didn't happen in its own bubble. It was a reaction to yeah. Roe v. Wade happening, and the liberal conversation then was that they were going to start taxing churches, and they were going to sit there and start going after public institutions, uh, uh, private institutions, and yeah. that's why they emerged as a force, because evangelicals, they voted for Jimmy Carter. Like, they were usually a lot of more Democrats, um, and I think that's why this evangelical right kind of took in, and then they were catapulted, really, on a lot of the social movements by the by AIDS, you know, AIDS. Well, that and I would, also, remember, say, and I would Gallup also say – Gallup polling in 1991, Gallup polling, a majority of Americans favored fanning gay people from having intercourse in America. Like that was – it was a very – if you look at Gallup polling and stuff like that, a majority of Americans, there was a huge fear thing going on. So it also bolstered the evangelical right, and I think that that's why – um, that bubble existed, but things changed. And you know what I was thinking about the other day? Totally random, nothing to do with what we're talking about. Sure, sure. But the movie that, because everyone like cites like Will and Grace as being this brave, groundbreaking television show that changed what it meant to be gay in America. Mm-hmm. The real movie that should get that that, that praise is The Birdcage. Oh my God, I love mm-hmm. that movie. It happened. It happened years before Will and Grace. Really, it was started being made right as like the AIDS epidemic was happening. I mean, that really, that movie, it was 1996. AIDS was just not becoming a thing in 1994. I think that that was a real difference. And it showed a couple that were, like, married almost, but not married because there was no marriage then. Right. Um, I think that that should get a lot more more recognition. It 
I, I think the reason it doesn't because the movie wasn't that great. It was a funny movie. I mean, La Cage en Fall, that, that, it was that show a funny been around movie. forever. But it grossed us $100 million back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely, movie. which is big. The other thing that I'm going to say just about the evangelicals in the 80s is the other thing is uh, uh, Cable. Cable was taking off. So yeah. you had a lot of the televangelists. You had a, so you had uh, five, 700 Sundays. <clears throat> yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. Joan Rivers had a great joke. She was like, I want to make a Jewish show called 700 Sundays, and that's my final offer. <laughs> <laughs> 700, 700 Club, that's my final offer, yeah. 700 Club, that's my final offer. And I'm going to make the Price is Right version of that, which is 701. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, getting back to the whole, like, I, I really feel like that that's the interesting thing now that's going on with the right, you know, and conservatives and libertarians, it, that it is, it's getting back to, I believe, I don't care what you're doing. I, I like I want my freedom. I want my liberty. I just want less government, yada, yada. This right. whole thing I've, I've I've always I've always not liked that about like uh, air quotes, uh, conservative, you know, like I, I don't care what people do in their homes. Well, I really don't. Well, I think that the thing is also the conversation changed so much too. it went from being like uh, about gay marriage to you have to bake this wedding cake. Right. And who became who were the oppressors and who were the victims flipped in five years. Yes. And so all of a sudden people said Americans generally don't like people telling them what to do almost about anything. This is crazy. This is like we're reenacting my interview with The Guardian. But you're saying I'm I'm totally on board. Yeah, but that's the truth. The people do not like people saying you have to do something and they will always sympathize with. That's why there's such a big backlash against social justice warriors, because you can't wear hoop earrings and you can't say this and you can't do that. And you can't. They're like, no, screw you. I don't care. Like, right. And that's the thing. And that's why that's why when uh, Stephen Miller had that thing called uh, what is it? Uh, Cosmopolitan elite. They're like, yeah, because you sit there and you think you're better than us. And I mean, most of the time we are as a New Yorker. But I'm just saying <laughs> that it, <laughs> it is um, it is a real thing. And that's why people sit there and say, screw you. I'm going to do exactly what I want. And uh, I was, but you are right. I was uh, I was with a couple of comedians, a couple uh, Upper West Side Jewish comedians. And they asked me about Milo Yiannopoulos, who I know I work for occasionally. He um, and they asked um how does you know how does he deal with like the gay thing and the i'm like because no one gives a crap like really no. the truth is no one gives a crap at all there yes it's it is it's just the truth no one cares and that's the wonderful part. and having cared by the way for a very long time yes really i mean george bush in 04 kind of had this whole thing but carl rove like says in the truth oh yeah we didn't care we were just saying that just because we knew it was like a vote getter but that was like the last time people were really galvanized by that issue was over 15 over 13 yeah. years ago yeah and i would say that like will and grace will and grace and other shows like that they did do a, a lot to change the public sentiment however or or at least wake the nielsen family up to nobody cares do you know right. what i'm saying i don't think i don't think will and grace changed the public belief or that the birdcage changed the public or belief. Generous. It right. It yeah. just showed that ultimately American people are really cool, and they're like, yeah, that 
That's a funny. That's a funny guy. Ellen DeGeneres could have advanced. Funny. Ellen DeGeneres could have advanced the gay movement if she was just funny. Like that was her problem. Remember when she revamped her show and she was going to come out as being gay and she's like, "But it's not going to affect the stories. It's going to be. It's just going to be funny." And then, oh, on tonight's episode, Ellen needs a plumber and her plumber's gay. It was just like it was just like battering you down oh, every she's week. She's not funny though. I find she had a bit a million years ago where she called God. Always a good yes, idea. Yes, if yes. If you're out there, but she you, stole that. Well, she stole that whole bit. She didn't steal it. She did her own spin on it. The whole uh, I, I, who was it? Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart did a call to God. Yeah, he he would make phone calls to God. He did the he started the whole. That's he invented that, that whole, whole genre. Shtick, and yeah. she was like, "Let me make this almost exactly the same, but I'll pause in different sections and it'll be mine." <laughs> Like, <laughs> I would have to see it side by side. Oh, I've always found her to be very entertaining. Uh, yeah, because she has on cute children, and she'll sit there and react very funny. To yeah. That. On her show, and I can't believe she didn't go late night. On her Groundbreaking. When, well, it wasn't groundbreaking, but like Bill she, Cosby did it better with Kids Say the Darndest Things than she does it. And I saw one time she had a chimpanzee as a guest on her show. This is like like year one and she was interviewing the chimpanzee and it was barely reacting and and it crushed it was so funny and i'm like who can do that that's that's an incredible skill i will give it up for ellen it's a daytime <laughs> audience that is going there to see her ryan's talking to me as if i am a <laughs> at a slow I'm learning Martian who's never seen i'm like listen it wasn't like, I mean, if you ever watch – the best thing to ever watch ever to do, like, group study on, like, is Wendy Williams because sometimes – She gives me the creeps. Okay. I have a worship for her because she'll say the most insane things sometimes and the audience just claps like they – and I'm like, she could start a revolution in this country because her audience <laughs> will agree with her regardless like, of what she says. Give me says. an example of a I crazy – I can't remember, like, what – but she'll sit there and say something like – uh, you know, she, I'm. She, I don't. She said this, but this is a reference. I'm playing what she would say. She was like, you know, there are murderers out today because the lunar eclipse. Clearly not true. But the artist <laughs> like, yep, yep, absolutely. And like they, she says like, oh, her big thing is, one in twenty five people are insane. She's like, so there's one hundred twenty five. Five of you people will kill somebody. And the artist yeah. like, yep, yep, absolutely. One in five. I'm like. What is wrong with this audience? I, they would clap for anything she said. I, I find amazing. her hard to listen to. I find her hard to look at. I, like, she's there's a, something really, really weird at the center of Wendy Williams. I think that she's brilliant. I, th I do. I think that her shtick is brilliant. I, I just did that, a double take. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'll do, I'll do like the, the cartoony sound effect and we'll reenact the moment. Right, right. You, you say. I think I, she's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. She, <laughs> she just. I think that her premise is smart. There's, she's the only one on daytime by herself still. Yeah. Besides Ellen, but no one else has a daytime. And she talks for a half an hour by herself and holds an entire audience. Something's very smart there. And she's a little batty and a little crazy. And she cries on camera like every day. And it, it makes. And she talks about like. The weirdest stuff, but I think is very, very funny. I think I'm it's glad you're funny. entertained. I am entertained I'm by her. She's the only daytime show I'm entertained by. I wish I could watch. Well, I don't want to wish too hard. Yeah, don't wish. <laughs> you don't really want to wish that you can watch daytime because <laughs> <laughs> that wish will come true fast. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit of politics. Let's talk a little bit about um, the debt ceiling 
Everybody's freaking out about the debt ceiling. Yeah. That Donald Trump got uh, got rolled. I think that that was the quote uh, Britt Hume said this morning on uh, the CBS. With Britt Hume is Fox News. Yeah, it was it was Fox News. What's the Sunday show? Uh, uh, I don't know. He's on. He's on, yeah, whatever. The, uh, but he's Fox. on the Sunday. He's on. Uh, uh, Donald Trump got rolled. Donald Trump got rolled. That's my Brit Hume impression. He he got rolled. Um, no, Brit Hume's a smart guy too. I just I don't I don't really understand the agreement. I get why he. I I feel like I get why he did it because you don't really know ever know why Trump does what he does. But I think that. He really, truly hates Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan. He can't stand them as people. They don't like him. It's very kind of open. Everyone knows that there's a pink elephant in the room, and he finally was like, screw it. There's a pink elephant in the room. Um, yes. He's known Chuck Schumer for a long time, and I just think that this was the biggest F you to, to the establishment party. Yes. Because like, they suck. They suck miserably. Yes. They do. So what's the downside? Spending I mean, like, I don't more see money. What- Say what? <laughs> like, fine. I have. I don't have a problem with him giving the middle finger to the establishment. I really don't. Mitch McConnell has lost complete control of the party. Complete. It, it's gone. He's never going to get it back. But See, let's not do it with debt. That's just the, that's the wrong issue. He picked the wrong issue. I'll use I'll use the metaphor of you've given somebody a credit card, but right? I, you've yeah. given somebody a credit card. They've had the credit card, and now Visa's calling and going, okay, you guys, uh, you've spent a lot of money. Your kid has spent a lot of money. So Donald Trump uh, called some people in the room goes, listen, I'm going to give you uh, three more months. You got three more months of spending, and then we're going we're gonna to talk about this. Right, but the question was never, are they going to raise the debt ceiling now? Uh, are they going to raise the debt ceiling? They all came to the conclusion they were going to raise the debt ceiling. It was just, do they do it in three months or 18 months? Yeah. That was the only question on board. And um, I don't really know why he three months. I mean, because that was a really like that was a really short time frame. But yeah, these um, hoopals could not even cut one percent from the Department of Interior budget. Like they didn't didn't, agree to a budget, though. It was just raising the debt ceiling. Oh, I know. But there were amendments proposed during the process that said, "Okay, we're going to do this, but let's do this, too. I I mean, that wasn't Trump. That was the legislature. Oh, I know. I know, but it's just uh, bad, I mean, listen, bad think, issue think, for me. I think he's going to go hardcore at it in three months. I don't know. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's gonna be this willing- is this was a little a little smack upside the head to Mitch McConnell and a smack upside the head to Paul Ryan. Did we know this was coming? Did we know this day was coming? Um, that we'd have to eventually. do something about the debt ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So where was your plan? But they where didn't was, have one. Where I think Mitch. The, I think Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan and a bunch of other people are un, trying to undermine Trump at every chance they can get. Where was by okay, slow so rolling? This stuff. is what. This is what. This is the two things. The slow rolling. Yes, Trump has over a hundred appointees that have not been confirmed by the Senate because Mitch McConnell has not changed the Senate rule saying Democrats just can't hold up all. Um, they're renegotiating NAFTA, and Richard Lighthizer, who is the head of Robert Lighthizer, is the head of uh, the trade, doing the trade, um, mm-hmm. doing the deal. He doesn't have a deputy because the deputy can't get past the Senate. There are plenty of people who can't get their jobs because of the Senate Democrats. Mitch McConnell, he could just change that rule like we changed with judges. They did it with judges, and they changed it with the Supreme Court. Could have changed it with the presidential appointments, and he just didn't. How they hold people up, but so. 
So I'm sure that's infuriating Trump. The second thing that's also pissing them off is that, and this was that Rand Paul reported back in like March or April on Morning Joe, he said this, in the very beginning of the year, and I have somebody who works for Trump who said that this story was true. In the very beginning of the year, Paul Ryan sat with Donald Trump and said, look, we have the votes. Give us our, give us the legislative agenda and we're gonna hit your home runs on Obamacare, regulatory reform, and uh, taxes. And Trump said, great, go for it. And they failed at almost every single step of the way. And at this point, he has, and Trump will sign anything. He doesn't care. He said, just send me something and I will sign it. And the fact that Republicans cannot get their act together at all, the fact that they can't make compromises, the fact that Paul Ryan is a blatant ideologue. I have hated Paul Ryan since I got involved in politics. I didn't vote for Mitt Romney because Paul Ryan was on the ticket. Paul Ryan is an absolute failure as a congressman. Should not be the Speaker of the House in any way, shape, or form. Total ideologue, divorced from the average Republican voter, and incapable of just passing the smallest, simplest things to move the ball forward. His health care plan, like the Senate health care plan, was disastrous. It was the stupidest thing. It was a total kickback to all the lobbyists that sit there in front of every Republican campaign. And the Republican House wonders why their approval rating is at 9% or 11%, whatever it is. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. That's what I love about this move. That's what I love about this move by Trump. He's like, go, start doing something. But the Paul window Ryan, has Michigan, also go, go, go. The I'll wind, talk to Nancy Pelosi. The window has also sunset on getting a simple majority for Republican senators. They need sixty votes from here on out. They need eight Democrats. So if they want anything, they're gonna need those eight Democrats. That's why Trump's in North Dakota telling Heidi Heitkamp that she's a good woman. That's why Trump is gonna sit there and go to Indiana and say something nice about Joe Donnelly. Because without them, there is no agenda. There is zero agenda, and I give Trump a little bit of credit because when he's acted on his own, he has been far more conservative than the House and Senate is. The same House and Senators who are writing books right now saying this is what true conservatives are. I am Donald Trump. I am so tired of that one. Yeah. I am so tired of like, well, the real conservatives and the true conservatives, and we told you Trump's really a Democrat. It's so boring. Here's what bothers me about it, because all I was screaming during the entire primary process is it's the purity tests that are going to kill you, guys. It's the purity tests that are going to kill you, because it's the purity tests that have killed the left for the last eight years. That's why, they lost a th- that's why they lost a thousand, house, or thousand seats nationwide, because you have to be – you don't just have to be pro-choice from a policy perspective. You have to be okay with killing babies for the Democrats to support you. I mean, what you have to be to pass muster with the progressive left is insane. And it's like we were trying to hold our candidates to that same standard. It's like, guys, this is going to be an epic, epic mess. And it was. I I, I see people, I see people on Twitter doing it and it just drives me bonkers. I'm bored with it. Like, oh, voila. Like, what is that solving? Like, what is that solving? Oh, this guy's mad at that person because this person isn't a real conservative. And then, da, da, da. like, how much energy can you spend on that? We have a flat tire. Yeah. We need a new tire. Well, I told you that tire was going to go flat, but you wanted to get a plug, and then you wanted to drive down. We need a new tire. Well, <laughs> uh, the tread on that was worn out. Ding dong, ding. I could have gone to Sears and better. We need a new tire. 
Smack, smack, smack. What senator was that an impersonation of? Because that, that was, was a, a bizarre, <laughs> that was a bizarre pencil tucky type of accent with like a Tennessee, uh, ju- <laughs> ju- you know, movement he was doing. I was like, this is not a person. Like this is. No, like, it's a it's a cartoony uh, argument. But okay. and also so the, the problem. Ce- I think the debt ceiling is good. Yay! Hooray! There I said it. Okay. Well, all the problem with the conservatism in general and these people who are writing these books about um, conservatism as it stands, is so dumbed down at this point, it doesn't really stand for much. The real intellectuals in the movement have either died or they're not getting any face time anymore, and you're left with people who could just sell books, people who are, you know, just sitting there and trying to give you easy platitudes that people can rally around to sit there and make money for themselves. And I'm very bored with it, and I'm very tired with it, and it's usually those people that, use, that, that are unfortunately gaining so much attention, so much praise, and saying, this guy has all the ideas when, in fact, they really don't. They're giving you the, the, the most watered-down version you think you're, you're having. And that's the exciting part for me. That's why I love being a creative person. Yeah. Because you can just turn your back on that old-school, buttoned-up, oh, blah, 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 and a real conservative, blah, blah. You know what a real conservative does? He goes out and he gets a um, – uh, a video clip of Trump dancing on Saturday Night Live, and he puts on some dubstep music and then some quotes of a Hillary Clinton speech and makes something awesome. No, and but, attracts new people to, uh, yeah, to the right. I think that I think that I think that you know conservatism as much as it stands is not. Uh, this is like a little hybrid, but conser- this is what Russell Kirk always said, and this is what I truly believe is that conservatism is not an ism. It's not a straight ideology like libertarianism or socialism or communism, where you need to believe in certain mantras solely for, and you cannot leave that that farm of of, of ideas. Um, and that's what the whole entire philosophy and how you get a working society is based on this, you know, political religion. Conservatism is not a political religion as much as it's a group of ideas that links the past and the future, and uh, to to sustain order, to sustain um, society, um, and the permanent things. And I think that what they're selling now, the Dinesh D'Souza version of conservatism and all those other idiots, they, they're they selling basically like libertarianism as conservatism, as an ideology, and it doesn't work, and it's dumb. And that's why the people, the Ben Sasses of the world and the Jeff Flakes and those horrible, horrible senators of Tom Tillis, um, uh, they don't get it, and they just don't get it, and, and they don't get why um, the, the punditry who hate Trump, they don't get why he's so attractive because what they've been selling doesn't work because it's not even real conservatism. It's like selling whiskey and selling it as medicine. It's not. I don't medicine. even know what conservatism means beyond common sense, right? Like, don't spend more money than you make. Right. Uh, I want to be able to do what I want on my property. Yeah, I want the government to protect my property and the borders and fix the roads. Okay, I don't. Is that conservatism? Eh, it's it's not what you you could. It's not. There are certain thinkers that are Robert Nisbet, Russell Kirk, uh, Robert Sam, Nisbet, one of the original monkeys. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. He was next to Davy Jones. Um, <laughs> but those, I mean, when you talk about really high brow conservative thinkers who created the philosophy. Um, what is it? I don't Russ, know. Okay. Uh, Russell Kirk, uh, Russell Kirk's big thing is that uh, the job of government and the job of society is to pertain, is to contain and continue uh, an ordered society. Order is the main job of conservatives, to contain and continue an order, both morally, civically, 
um, and and where we all are able to transition without you know unrest and the uh, things like that. Robert Nisbet was a, a quest for community and having a, and having a sense of communal organization together. There are very high level things to think about mm-hmm. other than uh, platitudes. They don't sell very well on books or bumper stickers. So that's why we're left with the most simple, minute things. And the problem is, is that a lot of spokesmen, a lot of um, people who sit there and say, I am the voice of young conservatives, or I'm the voice of new conservatives, or I'm the voice of, have never read these ideas. They've never thought about heavy or higher, higher thinking. And um, that's why they're probably to be distrusted. You should at least think it, even if you kind of have to dumb it down. And I think the most effective way that you look at politics in the sense of of philosophy is how am I going to, at a point in America now where people are so divided, where there's a, a serious belief of, I would say, a majority of Americans feeling that they cannot get ahead and that the system is rigged and everything that, 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 that Washington is a swamp. And there's a real belief and a real hatred for the institutions as they are. Mm-hmm. What, what can a politician do? to mend these ties so we can grow together as a, as a as a civic community and we can build trust for each other again what has to happen in order for that to go forward because that is inherently the most basic form of conservatism is is um is 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 maintaining order um and that's what trump should be attacking and trump should be fighting for part of it is um schools and um and that's why betsy devos with title nine was so important or title yeah. 10 title whatever the hell it was. yeah title it was, nine title nine that was so important because there are so many people and men who feel like they are victims at schools because they're charged with a rape case that isn't real their whole life is ruined that's why uh, it's so important to get back to borders because people feel like I, you know, I waited to become an American for 11 years and some guy crossed the border and he's going to get something with DACA in our next e- subject. Every, everything that Trump is doing is to build it, trust in institutions in order to maintain order. That is that's, the most uh, that's literally so like to say, oh, he's not really a conservative or blah, 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 blah. The, then I think you're just you're counting straws there's no in big, a haystack. There's, there's no, no for conservatives. There's no big litmus test as there is with libertarianism or socialism or communism. It's about trying to maintain order in any way that you can. Not that all ends justify the means, but that is that should be the main purpose of a conservative. Well, uh, to me, it is it boils down to exactly what I was saying. Okay. <laughs> and no, the seriously, end, like, I'm, I'm, this is like the, the dumb every man's version of that. Like, that's if you fine. break, if you break the dumb. law, you go to jail. But I'm not saying you're dumb. I'm saying that that is, that is, I'm not saying that you're dumb. I'm saying that a lot of, you said it like three no, times. No, I did not say you're dumb, Michael. <laughs> the, the, my, my problem is with conservative ink, the people who are selling this brand and who hate Trump, a lot of them do. A lot of what they believe is not what a quote unquote conservative would believe. And what they're doing is, um, they're diluting this really, really high arch uh, philosophy into something they could easily sell, boil down, and 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 give as political religion. Well, that's just egghead talk, and yeah. that's why they're not selling a lot of books, and that's why nobody. And that's why it. they lost all their candidates. Lost exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So good for Donald Trump. And and the scary thing to to me is, uh, and and uh, Liberty Gimlet and I have talked about it a bunch on this show, is. Uh, everything Trump is doing, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm yeah, fine with it. Not everything. And, and most of America is as well. Once you take away the name Donald Trump, yes. When you yes. describe his policies, mm-hmm. yes. And you take away 100%. the Trump part. So what you have now is a country that the media is on the side of a political party. 
but and that is terrifying. That is always true, though. You always have in these na- in these in these states where you have like uh, where you have ballot initiatives for proposals. It's amazing how many times the conservative side wins over, or the whatever Trump stands for wins would win over if you just got rid of Republican Democrat. Yes, it's incredible. Uh, what was it? Matter Oregon. They did. All, they said this was a couple of years ago. They were like, "Do you want to give driver's license to illegal immigrants?" Liberal blue blue Oregon failed 65 35 people were like no not really i don't really want to give anything away to somebody if they don't yes. deserve to be here california prop 87 famously uh they said do you want to get let's take away welfare or would you want to take away welfare from illegal immigrants uh hispanic uh asians blacks and whites said yes and a third of blacks also uh, hispanics a third of hispanics also said yes yeah because there is an inherent thought that there shouldn't be an unfair thing that you can cut the line and get everything that these resources that we assemble through taxation should go to the people who are struggling, who are our fellow Americans. So that's the perfect segue. Buckle up. Let's talk about DACA. Oh, God. Yeah. Now, here's where here's where you and I uh, diverge, I think. There's no way you can kick these people out. There's no. no way you can't do it. You well, will. You will just. You. You literally like they've been calling Trump Hitler. They've been calling uh, the conservatives and the people on the right Nazis forever. I guarantee, if you start getting twenty-year-olds out of their houses and saying, "Sorry, you got to go back to a country that you do not know," the, the Nazi thing will stick. Well. <laughs> You'll okay. never get past it. Well, okay. One, they are deporting some DACA people. They already have. They have for months. Are they breaking laws? Um, depends on. I mean, they they're having misdemeanors, and usually a misdemeanor shouldn't cause deportation. But now Trump's with Trump's DHS, they are deporting misdemeanors. Um, it's not a terrible thing. They shouldn't. They don't get a right. They don't get a pass. They're here illegally. And I'm sorry if they get citizenship. If these 1.3 million, 15 to 35 year olds get citizenship, they're going to sponsor seven to eight million more people who are their second cousins from Tijuana. Can't, can't you legislate that? Here's here's what I'm saying. No, you can't. You have to change the green. You have to change the system. And the Democrat. They have to end chain migration. Something that Trump has proposed. But until that happens, until they sit there and take the uh, the Rays Act, which is what Trump's proposal is, Yay. until that becomes law, don't talk to me about giving anyone a freaking citizenship. What do you, what do you got? Oh, no, the Rays Act is fantastic, and that's what I said last week. I said if they're going to stay, they never become citizens. They are literally – they literally get this special DACA work authorization. They never get to vote. Nope. You and know what? We I, end chain we we end chain migration, and we get money for border security, or it's a non-starter. And if you can't do any that, any verify, any verify, any verify, you if you can't do that with Republican majorities in Congress and a Republican in the White House, screw it, just open the border. And this, screw and, it. And that's and that's <laughs> I'm so with you, and that's what I did my my latest uh, vlog on mm-hmm. on the the, the Loftus Party uh, Facebook page. Uh, is about that, 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 that very thing. Oh my God! I had something so profound to say, and I lost it because I wanted to to do the wind up correctly. Sorry. It's um, it sounds heartless and it sounds cruel. And he- here's the thing that like you hear about these people like oh you, we've got so many dreamers in the military. Uh, no, they so, don't. That no, is no. Well, hold on. Lie. This is like this really. You never know what it is that's going to like stick and like hit home and um, emotionally. I'm like, wow, we are in like in the the Civil War, you would get drafted and you're like, I don't want to go. 
so you could pay somebody to take your spot. And it was a real problem. And they say that made the war go on longer because it didn't hit home, you know? And if you have, if we can go to some starving kid in Guatemala and go, listen, kid, you're 17. You come in and you serve in the military uh, for the U.S. and we'll give you citizenship. They're going to they're gonna take that risk. They're going to roll that dice. They so that would be that, that, that what horrifies me. And it's like a science fiction show of, a, of an army that isn't even citizens. They're well, just like this. They're like paid mercenaries. Like the French foreign legion. Yeah. And then we just kind of sit back as Americans and go attack that country. They no longer amuse me. Invade them. <laughs> Nation build there. And it's a bunch of, okay, I shoot I my gun at these guys. <laughs> Well, here's the horrifying. other thing I I will not do. I will not refer to them as dreamers. Words it's mean things. So, they are so. DACA participants. They participate in a program. And the reason they call them dreamers is so that the left can create this special class of victims of about 800,000 people and make you care about them. Nope, not happening. And it's the, yes, and it's this <laughs> illusion that they all, first of all, and there was also a whistleblower in the DACA program or in DHS who said that. Forty to fifty percent of all DACA recipients, they they were committed fraud in their mm-hmm. paperwork. Yep. That's but that's besides the point. But I'm sorry, you cannot reward people like Joseph uh, Jose Antonio Vargas, who I don't believe is illegal, but that's besides the point. Jose Antonio Vargas, who sits there and says, "I'm illegal. I'm a dreamer. I should get citizenship." What's American? Because you give you give our reasoning to their argument. If nothing means to be an American, if our citizenship to the greatest country on earth that we, you know, we hear Republicans say that every five minutes, being American is the greatest thing you could ever possibly be. Okay, why are you giving away for free then? Because they're not going to get anything out of this. Because you're going to have morons like Jeff Flake and Lindsey Graham sit there and tell the Democrats, okay, we'll give you 800,000 new citizens who can vote, but you've got to give us four more signs on the border saying do not cross. That's our big, that's going to be our big thing. And that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, Trump won by 70,000 votes in three states. I bet you there are more than 70,000 DACA recipients in those three states that will walk in on 2020 and vote for Camille Harris or or Cory Booker, uh. or whoever the hell the Democrats bring up. And that will be the end of the Republican Party. We will have one. We will have a one party state. We will have California throughout the entire country. It will be over and we will have gotten absolutely nothing for it. And it will be the person who sat there and campaigned against this solely on this issue that gave him the momentum to become the president who betrays us for it. It is infuriating. It is stupid. And it is seriously the end of this country as we know it. Because go to South America, go to Central America, go to Africa and Asia. Most of these countries have one party that rule forever and ever and ever. This is a horrible, horrible, horrible plan. It really is the doomsday scenario. And if they get citizenship before 2020 and before 2018, kiss plenty of Senate seats goodbye, kiss plenty of House seats goodbye, and kiss the presidency goodbye. It was nice knowing you folks, but it's a one-party state rule, and it will be the Nancy Pelosi version of the Democratic Party versus the Chuck Schumer version of the Democratic Party from here on out. That's it. So we got some more comedy right after this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I... Don't take much to, to tip me over the edge. I remember years um, Ann Coulter was on the show. Yeah. She was on the flip side, and she was like, it's immigration. That's it. It's one issue. Because it affects every other issue. It's That's what Ann was saying. It's, it's so the truth. If, if mass immigration made everybody richer and everything so great, why is California poorer as a whole GDP-wise? Why is California's schools failing otherwise? 
It makes no sense. They affect every other issue. And I'm sorry, people do not leave a country that is repressive and come to America and become a libertarian. That's not what happens. People carry their culture with them forever. I could move to Florida or Texas tomorrow. I will be a New Yorker till the day I die. It is inherent in me. I lock my car door no matter what. I sit there, lock my house door. I don't, you know, I talk with an accent. I'm going to have those beliefs for the rest of my life. It is who I am. It is ingrained in me. You cannot strip culture from a people and you cannot take in, you know, a quarter of Mexico's population over a 30 year period and expect us not to be more like Mexico than them like America. It's just the truth. So why were why were we so lax in our immigration policies for years and years? Because and years? we because because when the country was 80 85 percent white, 15 percent black or and, you know, a couple of minorities in the middle there. There wasn't this big, you know, a lot of Republicans sat there and said this is the compassion they're going to do. They were talking about a few million people in, a, in an extremely white country with very little diversity. Otherwise, I would say it, it deals more with like slave labor. Well, I really do. I think the, you could you could pay people two, very, very low wages to do crappy the jobs. The two biggest moments of our immigration policy was in 1986. Teddy Kennedy sat there and said, we will change the, the change the character of the country to give a permanent Democratic rule. That was the first thing. And in the 90s, Bill Clinton, God bless him for this. And I truly mean God bless him for this. In the 90s, Bill Clinton commissioned Barbara Jordan, the first black congressman from Texas, to make a to to make a study on why are African-Americans being left behind? Why are poor whites being left behind? Why are poor Hispanics being left behind? She created the Barbara Jordan Commission. And Barbara Jordan found that the number one reason was mass immigration. She said the only solution to help the plight of the working poor in this country is to cut immigration by 50%. This is when we were taking in half a million immigrants a year or 700,000 immigrants a year. She said we got to cut it to 300,000. Bill Clinton said absolutely, let's go for it. And it was going through the Senate, going through the House. And the person who killed it, the scumbag, Newt Gingrich, because – the uh, the uh, the commerce uh, what is it uh, um, chamber of commerce chamber of commerce sat there and said absolutely not we need the we need poor labor bada bing bada bing and that really was the cement because that was the last president who sat there and said before before uh, Donald Trump who sat there and could have made a real impact and Bill Clinton was one hundred percent for it even Hillary last year said that DACA's got to go the DACA's have to go home you cannot reward illegal behavior and if they sit there and they give the DACA citizenship. You bet you in a year they will have another mass run on the border. Millions more people sit there mm-hmm. and say, give it 15 years. You'll get it anyway. It's going to happen like it happened in 86, like it happened. We've had dozens of amnesties for small groups of people, for Haitians. Um, we've had one for Cubans for uh, our policy for 50 years. They will absolutely have it. Again, it will be another run on the border. If yep. you reward illegality, all you get is more illegality. Wasn't it Bill? Yeah, Bill Clinton sent the uh, SWAT team in after the little kid, didn't he? Yeah, but that was that was that was not his shining moment. But no, Bill Clinton, it wasn't. Bill All Clinton, I'm saying is he enforced the immigration laws. <laughs> yes, Bill Clinton always enforced immigration. Yeah. Bill Clinton was a very good president on immigration uh, uh, because it, uh, it's so crazy when you go back and you look at those old clips. Mm-hmm. Harry oh, Reid, we need, we need a border. Harry Reid was need. Harry Reid wanted to sit there and strip immigrants from having a, a, a ton of welfare programs, and he wanted to get rid of bilingual education. You had a ton of Democrats. This was a standard belief in the Democratic Party. Yep. And it's not because it's a racing. It's because it's a workers thing. Look, in the future, and this is the uh, this was uh, President Obama's economic team who said this, that some words of 70 percent of people who make under forty thousand dollars a year and 35 percent of people who make under seventy thousand dollars a year, your jobs will be automated by 2040. You will not have them. And if you do not have a skill and you're not and you're too old or 
or and unfortunately this is true of some people they are not mentally equipped to learn a technical skill if those things are true you will not work you just will not we are going to strip the most important thing conservatives say is a job we're going to because you it gives you integrity and it gives you honor we're going to strip that from millions of people and they will be left hopeless and they'll be left permanently on welfare rolls it is it is mind-bogglingly stupid, and unfortunately, as we're drinking more soda, unfortunately, um, <laughs> as unfortunately, this is um, this is where we're headed as a country, okay. and we're going, and all we're doing is adding the mass of poor people to this country. You know, the average immigrant's age, by the way, in this country is ninety-two, forty-one point five. Oh, it's way off. This idea, <laughs> this idea. Oh no, no, it, it's the funniest thing. Go on Twitter because on on hold um, up, hold up. The average age is what forty-one point five really? of the average. Yes. Because they have chain migration. You bring in your uncles. You don't have to sit there and they don't have to provide a skill. Um, what's the government agency that deals with citizenship? I forget. Uh, NCIS? Something like that? No, that's a TV show. ICE? No, no, it's no ICE. UCIS, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, so they take pictures of new Americans. They're like, this person's proud to be American. First day getting citizenship. They tweeted one day. I'll never forget this. It was these three women from China. God bless them. Probably wonderful people. They were 84, 86, and 87. They just got citizenship. That's adorable. Why are we giving them citizenship? All they're going to do is take up a hospital bed. And they're going to be adorable. They're not providing anything to this country. I'm you, sorry. Do you want the egg roll? Uh, this is oh, – man. No. No. This, Immigration this has one – one purpose and that is to serve our national interests that's it that's what canada does that's that what canada Australia does and, New Zealand and, and, and france england. Okay. and england i mean so I, why because think- we why because we got found right and we had to fill up the country so lots of people came here were termed as a country of immigrants well not so much anymore and you know we've got to at some point say our interests come first but also, and this gets back to what Michael said, and it was very true. What's the point of a uh, of, of what's the point of a government? What government should do things that make sense. Mm-hmm. The nature of what an immigrant is has not changed very much since my great great grandfather came here. They are mostly. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Antonio. Well, last name. Antonio Armeta from Sicily. And his last name? Armeta. Armeta. Where'd Gurdusky come from? Gurdusky was from Poland, but we don't know what. Oh, but anyway, listen. I was trying to get. Yeah, you I know. I know. I know. But this is <laughs> this is very important. The nature of my great great grandfather came from Sicily. He couldn't speak English and he couldn't read or write in Italian. But all he could do was make shoes. And he shut a little shop in the Lower East Side, and eventually he became part of the middle class. That world does not exist today. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fact that the immigrants are bad people or or they have a, much, a story much different than an, our ancestors did. But the problem is, is the nature of the country has changed. The economy has changed. And you have to change with the times. If you don't, you're dead. And we're having a stupid immigration policy that's based off of, you know, these these ideas of what someone's great great grandfather came with matched with you know uh, chamber of commerce pushing for constant low wage immigration so they could sit there and screw over an american and save you know money on the end okay so we're all on the same page we are now my mm-hmm. blood pressure I through know. the you, roof you're, you're really going here's, <laughs> give me my shot of the sugar <laughs> here is my question now i'm, I'm gonna um, i'll pretend to be uh, a democrat for a second and like, and we all rail. Oh, uh, Michael is an anti-illegal immigrant, and Liberty Gimlet, and and Ryan uh, Gerdusky is anti blah blah blah. So here's what I'm going to do: I'm going to go out and I'm going to find a girl who's 20 years old, and her parents brought her over, and she's a quote dreamer, and I'm going to have her cry about all she wants to do is go to college and have a better life, 
and her tears will be genuine and she's really afraid and I'm going to turn that into a commercial and I'm going to show it all over America. Okay. And we all look like assholes. And I'm going to put Bernie Madoff's kids on there and say, listen, they lost their billions and they shouldn't have to suffer because of what their grandfather did or their father did. Give Bernie Madoff's kids all the money that he stole. I don't care. There are plenty of bank robbers whose kids have to celebrate Christmas every day without their father. Also, there's a plenty of American citizens who have to spend Christmas without their kids because they've been killed by illegal immigrants. I'm sorry. I don't So what – no, I'm talking about – you don't care. Right. You don't care about that ad. The rest of America okay. does. Okay. How do we – and I'm being completely serious here. But the rest of America we, doesn't really. Just some of the loudest voices. That's, no, well, that's, that's a commercial. We have, here's, here's the little exercise. We have to make, an, we have to make a commercial that is anti-illegal immigrant. Okay. You sit there and you have – Picture after picture of American after American who either was their child was killed, but Jamal Shaw Jr. freaking shot in the head, steps from his dad's house while his mother was serving our country in Iraq. She was serving to protect our country in Iraq, and her own kid was shot in the streets of L.A. by a dreamer who was released from prison earlier that day. Sit there and have her tell her story. How about the countless Americans whose wages go down or, or, or don't go up for decade after decade because of cheap illegal cheap illegal immigration? Or bring up the guy whose job was excised by H-1B visas. There's a Congress guy running from Congress. Uh, D'Angelo is his last name. He's running in Connecticut 4. His job was taken by an H-1B visa holder. Disney does this all the time where they have to train their replacements from India or China or wherever. And you're stripping livelihoods from people. Why? So a corporation, a faceless corporation, can sit there and save $30,000 on the back end. Okay. Where do so we make this commercial? Where do you, we make it? You can make Because this the, is what we need. Go yeah, ahead. Make that commercial. And in there, you say, and while we feel very sorry for Mary, we can't have more Marys. We can't encourage this behavior to continue. Or and the only person Mary, the only person that Mary needs to be pissed off at is her mom and dad, and we just need to keep driving that home. America didn't do this I'm, to you know Mary. What? The thing is, is but here's the thing: if they sat there and they said we can, this is why Trump stock was so bad because he almost basically sold the farm from the get go. He didn't sit there when reporters sat there and said, "What do you expect from a DACA deal?" He said, "Quote." Something that makes everything ha- everyone happy, end quote. Yeah. That is not an answer. Your answer should have sat there and said, uh, sign on to the Raise Act, sign on to E-Verify, and sign on to uh, more funding for the border war. Mm-hmm. He put it in Paul Ryan's lap. Oh, great. Somebody who does who supports HTB's expansion okay, every okay. time. But so Paul he's Ryan got to get- sign it. So tell us what you'd sign, Donald Trump. Paul, yeah, Paul Ryan is the I worst person in I think it's all about optics. Everybody's like, Trump is Hitler, Trump is Hitler, Trump is Hitler. And he's like, you know what? I just want to make everybody happy. Uh, We're going to figure it out. Paul, give it a shot. Because Paul Ryan is on the record. He was on Hannity. I've seen the transcripts of him going, it's unconstitutional. It's Uh, illegal. Paul Ryan is a lying sack of shit. Paul Ryan is totally in the (laughs) – no. Paul Ryan is totally in the Chamber of Commerce's pet. He he does anything they want. Right after Trump was elected. Trump was elected. So, by, wait, so wait, 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 hold on, hold on. No, no, no. So let Paul Ryan come back with a really crappy piece of legislation and Donald Trump, Trump will get, sign it. Trump will Trump, Listen, if Trump is willing to sign that awful health care bill, he will sign anything that they give him to score a couple of wins. He is not going to fight for it. You have to sit. You know, what our only hope is right now is that the Senate Judiciary and the House Judiciary Committee don't pass anything. There's, I give more mm-hmm. faith to the House Judiciary Committee. But 
the Paul Ryan, right after Trump won, he won on the plight of the working class and fighting for them. The freaking first budget that they put out months later, I think it was in March, Paul Ryan fought for more H-2B visas. Now, what is an H-2B visa? H-2B visa is non-farm work. So people who cut grass, people who uh, want to work at manual labor. Well, thank God we're not in a country with millions of people who need manual labor jobs who have no skills. No, Paul Ryan said, no, we need to import more. We need to get 40,000 more uh, cheap manual labor jobs for my friends of the Chamber of Commerce. So You cannot trust him as far as you could throw him. So what then must we do? We hope they what? don't do anything. Wait, honestly, no, 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 no. I, I, seriously, this is like the whole the whole thing about the flip side, the whole thing about the loftusparty.com, the whole thing about this. I don't want to talk problems to you death. Sit there. I want to know what okay, to do. In that case, you need to sit there and you need to throw it to people who you can trust. Sit there and say, the only senator I'm willing to sign a bill for is one that Tom Cotton writes. Tom Cotton is not going to betray us on this issue. He's rock solid on this. I don't agree with everything, but he's rock solid on immigration. Unless Tom Cotton is for it, I'm not voting for it. That's the deal. Sit there and say, I will only sign a Tom Cotton bill on immigration. Because, okay. And that's – I feel better now. But that's I literally do. But that is what you do. You sit there and you give it to somebody you trust on the issue because they – because obviously Trump can't, can't do every single bill and can't do every single thing and he's not a legislative expert. You give it to a congressman or a house member who is going to sit there and they're not going to betray you. Give it to sit there. Give it to Lamar Smith. Give it to Stephen King. Give it to somebody who is not going to screw this issue up. And mm-hmm. whoever that is uh, – who is the guy from, uh, from Georgia now? He's a great Purdue. senator. Purdue. Give it to Purdue. I love him. If, if Purdue's for it, then I'm for it. If Tom Cotton's for it, then I'm for it. If it's only being voted on by Chuck Schumer and Lisa Murkowski, sorry, I'm going to have to take a pass. And there are so few senators who are really good on the immigration issue, which is mind-boggling because it's the most important issue there is. But this is – I mean the Chamber of Commerce has bought most Republicans. That's why they're worthless. I mean there's re- – most when, Republicans are worthless. When Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor of California. Yeah. He tried to put the kibosh on illegal immigration. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. And you know who came after him hard? His wife? Wine country. Oh. And, and all the big and, – and they they got him to change his mind. The wife was a good joke, by the way. The wife was a very good yeah. joke. Um, Actually, the maid. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want me to tickle your balls? Uh, I think you should be rethinking my illegal immigration. Um, but – um, yeah, but they're owned by these 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 companies. I'm sorry, there are robots that are going to be making all our wine in ten years. So it's wonderful that they're bringing. You know what? Companies. I thought about this too because you always hear that argument. It's true. You always we can turn the robots off. When okay, yeah, we could shut you our can, computers off and we'll, we'll have no, a lot more jobs. What, here's what Germany does. Germany says for as many robots as you do, you have to hire this many people. Yeah. And they have cars burning because the Turks revolt every single summer because they don't have jobs. <laughs> what is the point? And the, the 19th- point is everybody's like, oh, the robots will take all the jobs. The robots will take all the jobs. So you can't have all these people out of work because then you have to have, like, everybody on welfare. And then you just get a certain amount of money. We're going to tax the robots now. You tax like the robots, yeah. You can tax the robots. And then what you can say is you're not allowed to have robots. Yeah, but I mean, we, you, you literally could. non-production. Listen, in the 1970s, both Germany and Japan suffered from a low-wage worker. They had, they had very few low-wage workers. Germany brought in 
700,000 Turks, Japan mm -hmm. made robots. And now every summer there are revolutions and the women are being raped in Berlin and there are they burn cars on the on, on, in the suburbs. Japan has no crime and they have robots do all their manual labor. And robot rape is off the chart. <laughs> it's worse than dolphin rape. <laughs> I used to do a joke about dolphin rape. Oh, was it good? It was hilarious. Like, uh, yeah, because um, you're not going to outswim a horny dolphin. Because when their wiener gets hard, it works like a keel. They can corner faster. Your only hope is to hold onto the side of the tank and enjoy it. Maybe Michael <laughs> Phelps is like, you know, horny all the time. That's why he's swinging fast. Michael Phelps, whatever. We're off the chart. Oh, um, wow, we've gone. We, we're, we're, we're doing wonderful. So we'll take a look at DACA. We'll have to. When does that come back around? Uh, they'll have to sign something in six months or by March. And then Luis Gutierrez said they're going to shut the government down in December if they don't get it, which makes Good. me very what. No, it makes me worry the fact that they're going to sit there and just bend over because that's what Republicans do all the time. Because even a shutdown by the Democrats will be blamed on the Republicans. You, you get how this works, right? Well, yeah. I'm an optimist. <laughs> and I'm, that's your first mistake. I'm going to raise some cane about this. Yes. We got to let it be known. I know like Ann Coulter does a very good job on her Twitter account. Yeah. Going day, you know, day 94. Still no wall. Yeah. Day 95. By the way, Trump doesn't need Trump. All, this is also the biggest lie. Trump does not need Congress to fund the wall. It can go in the DHS buzz. And the reason that there was no wall was because Trump's former DHS secretary, who is now his chief of staff, was against the wall. And that and the, he, he why is that guy against the wall? Because he's a Democrat. He's a huge liberal. General Kelly is a gigantic Democrat. And I had friends working in DHS. He stocked the entire place with both Clinton staffers, Hillary Clinton staffers, and Bushites. And the Bushites hated Trump more than anybody else did. So they're so they're all against the wall. Yes, the whole DHS. So yes. everyone who knows that this is the end of our civilization, every, everyone, everyone who's slightly intelligent and they know that this is the end of our civilization – are still cool with illegal immigration. If half a million lobbyists who are white evangelical Christians were coming across the border, Chuck Schumer would be on the border building the wall himself. <laughs> this is nothing to and, and every lobbyist in Washington would be helping him. This is nothing to do with they know that their jobs are intact. They are completely isolated and in the bubble. They're, listen, this is what you find from, constantly from D.C. I go to all these D.C. parties, and it's a bunch of you know women with no upper lip wearing pearls who sit there and say, oh, you know, I'm such so classy. Meanwhile, their mother was a hooker Atlantic City. These people are rootless. They don't. They just completely abandon most of America. They believe that they're higher and better than everybody else, and they fundamentally hate Donald Trump. There is a swamp. It's real. It's very real. Unfortunately, most people in his cabinet have hired the swamp in. They've kicked out a lot of Trump people. It is Mike Cernovich has done an amazing job reporting on this. It is very, very, very true. I know it from people I know inside the Trump administration who were Trump supporters and were constantly being pushed out because they were Trump supporters and they didn't believe in the swamp. That's all very true and it's very scary. Personnel is policy, absolutely, especially when you get down to the underlings. The person who is I'll say that's the person who's now the acting head of DHS. Um, I forget her name. She's fabulous. Really, really, really doing a very good job. The person Trump is considering, this is the next front. The person who Trump is considering right now is Michael McCall. He's a House representative from Texas. His nickname is No Wall McCall. He is open borders all the way. He needs to be stopped. That is the first person Trump, if you sit there and do anything, you need to sit there and push one year congressman not to vote on anything from DACA unless it comes from Tom Cotton and sit there, tweet, message, write, do anything you can to prevent Mike McCall from the head of DHS secretary because it will be much, much worse. Well, there you have it. 
we have solved that one. <laughs> I feel better now. I, I, I really, <clears throat> I, I like to think the best of people, uh, and I and I hate to believe that that it doesn't seem like it's it's tough math to do. No, it's not. If you have people constantly coming over the border and you know filling up the welfare rolls and taking, uh, you know public services for granted and they're just a drain on the economy you look at california that's like case in point yes california so that then there goes the rest of the country i i don't see how it's a hard sell i don't it's see how it's not a hard but sell. that once again they bring out the crying child no i want senator chuck schumer without his fake tears to sit there and make the case I want him to sit there and make the case, and also America. And, the, I, and I tell you, I, I, it's so it's like boring because he'll go. America is a nation of immigrants, uh, and I think that Statue no, of I Liberty want, stands I for something. And we're supposed star. to be a shining beacon on a hill. And that's when I use and as a New Yorker. I always say, "Go fuck yourself." I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's what a snake. I just think that. This is the most important issue. This is what Trump needs to be focusing on. On so many fronts, he's been so freaking good, and he was so good on so many other things. I just – this is the one issue that he cannot waver on because it is really the end. Here's what I hear you saying. Build that wall. Yes, all the time. Build that wall. OK. We have a, we have a little bit of time. We've gone a little bit over, but it's OK. It's a supersized – it's a, it's an Irma-sized Irma show. You warned them. So we're going to wrap up here with some Michael Topias. Now, the real world has a bunch of crazy laws and rules that people are supposed to live by, but Michael Topia – uh, things are better because we have a different set of rules. So, uh, Liberty Gimlet, do you have a do you have a Michael Topia? Yes, I do. You sound enthused. I'm really not because we discussed uh, the the defenders there and and my feelings about the Iron Fist, and now they're going to take that character and do it again. All, you know, female replacing a male. I'm talking about the greatest American hero. Oh. In Michael Topia, oh. we want new stories. So none of us watch regurgitated crap. You're talking about uh, the greatest American hero was a show on in the 80s, William Cat. Yes, and re- William Cat. And they're rebooting it with a, with a female. Here's, here's, here's why I'm going to let him get away with this one. The special effects in that were so awful. They were so awful that I kind of want to see that show again, just, even if it has a girl in it. Create, create a new, create a new character with great special effects. Like this idea that we we are somehow so interchangeable as men and women that we can now have a all female Lord of the Flies. Um, female Ghostbusters did really great. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard anything about female Ocean Eleven. Um, in a while. I don't even know if they're still doing it. Maybe they looked at Ghostbusters and said, not a good idea. No, I think they're in post-production on that. Are they? And now yeah. we're now we're going to start with television. You know, then we have to have a female Doctor Who, and, and now we've got to have a female Greatest American Hero, which is a campy show to begin with, fit totally in my childhood and really has no place today. I don't get it. I don't well, get let's it. Well, see, let's see how female Doctor Who does. <laughs> let's Let's see how all female Ocean's Eleven does. It might be funny. There was a uh, uh, there was a, a a black girl movie. It was pretty much uh, a black girl bridesmaids. Yes, it did really well. That did really well. Did really well. The box. So the Queen Latifah. Yeah, it yeah. Really I well. liked I liked the Queen Latifah. So uh, we'll see. I think the I think the all girl. I think the girl uh, Doctor Hugh. Doctor Hugh. 
uh, <laughs> Doctor Who probably won't be the biggest hit in the world. Wait, mm-hmm. they're really making that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was just a joke. Oh, no, 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 no. no it's, it's a, serious. A, I thought okay. I thought there was a tweet on Twitter or something about the uh, all all girl Lord of the Flies. I think it was. We already have that. It's called The View, and it sucks <laughs> or something. Yeah, that was, yeah. That's 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 the most ridiculous one, and I, and I don't think that that. I think that it seems like something a stupid studio executive would do. Ooh, let's do Lord of the Flies, but with girls. Just thinking, ooh, instead of like little boys running around half naked on an island, it'll be little girls. No, like when, they, they literally didn't realize what the book was about. When you insert <laughs> girls into that story, you end up with the pre prequel to Wonder Woman. Little girls just don't behave that way. <laughs> I mean, oh, they're the worst. They're the worst. Plot, when, it, when it comes to plotting and scheming. Little girls come out of the JJ plot in this game. <laughs> um, okay, my Michaeltopia is this. In in Michaeltopia, we celebrate KFC and their ever changing Colonel Sanders. Uh, it used to be Norm Macdonald was the Colonel, and then they switched it up to um, Jim Gaffigan was uh, the Colonel, and now Ray Liotta is Colonel Sanders. It's hilarious and i love it and i love it love it love it i thought it was a stupid idea when they started now i'm completely on board um and my michaeltopia is you cannot tweet about a television show until a week after the episode premiered because people are constantly ruining game of thrones and i i don't watch it but people i don't watch it but i have to hear my friends complain about how it was ruined by an asshole on twitter because they did or so and i don't want to hear people complain that's what I, basically yeah. i'm done with people but i don't want to hear them complain Especially about television. In this day and age, if if you want to complain about spoilers and all that stuff, you just you're not allowed to go on the internet. Yeah, it's it's dumb. Yeah, it's like oh, there was a spoiler, and I you just stay away from Twitter, stay away from Facebook. Hey, um, before we want to wrap it up, and this is so stupid of me, uh, I want to I honestly want to thank everybody. Our 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 YouTube subscribers went way up, and you know why? Because I went on Facebook and I'm like, you guys, we have a YouTube page and it'd be awesome if you subscribed. Oh, good. Like, so I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody uh, for subscribing to the YouTube channel, for listening to the show, for sharing all the clips. Um, it's growing. It's growing. And, and very, very soon the new website comes out. We're very, very happy about that. So this was a fun one. This yeah. was an informative. And we, it was great because we started off with a lot of laughs. And then it went um, straight to rain. Yeah, finished off with me having a nervous <laughs> breakdown. So it's good, yeah. I'll be in Bellevue for the next week, but thank you. <laughs> so, hey, Liberty Gypsy, I need a full update next week if, to see if you survived uh, the, the tail end of Irma. Yeah, the sun's kind of going behind some clouds now, so. Ooh, good Ooh. luck. All right, buckle up. This has been a supersized, Irma-sized uh, Loftus party. We'll see you next week. 